The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is James Sasso with Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Man, this year is really flying by. It's already almost the middle of March. Can you believe it? And even then, so many things are already happening, especially as Pastor Chris is over in the Philippines discipling the pastors and leaders there. It is really incredible listening to Pastor Chris's praise reports, and I'm sure she cannot wait to share the results with all of you when she gets back. But in the meantime, we should be focusing on ourselves, because all of us have been called to do something great, especially this year. This is going to be the year where God makes many changes and begins the transfer of wealth, power, and affluence. So we need to focus on that call. We need to focus on what he has given us to do and really make sure to jump start God's plan in our lives and keep it going. Now, if you recall the last time I spoke on this broadcast, I talked about the parable of the seeds and how it relates to us and our calling and God's plan in our lives. And we made a very big point on making sure that we were not only taking hold of what God had given us and instructed us to do, but we're consistent in it and reliant on God. So, we're going to expand on the topic of being consistent and carrying out our calling, acting out on the instructions God has given us. So, let me ask you these questions. Have you been consistent with the instructions God has given you? Have you recalled any instructions you had forgotten? Have you brought them before God and asked Him what to do? Or have you gone back to the same old ways of doing things? Are you back in your original patterns, doing your general day-to-day lives without setting aside time for the Lord to instruct you on what to do? Or, Have you taken the instructions and started to add your own ideas of what to do, your own preconceived notions, or brought in people that were not brought by God to work with you? Because these things will also hinder your progress in God's calling. I ask you these things because it is important for us to evaluate what we are doing in regards to God's plan, and if we are really doing what he wants us to do. We always talk about being consistent in talking to God, asking him for direction, but it is still very easy, even while doing that at first, to fall away and to get back into the world's ways of doing things. So, ask yourself these questions and make sure that you are doing what God wants you to do. So let's talk, actually, on being proactive and getting into God's ways of doing things. First off, when we talk about it, the biggest thing that comes up, of course, is faith. 
Do you have faith that God will bring forth what he has promised you? Do you have faith when it comes to your business plans, to your position that God has told you you will be in carrying it out? Okay, now that you have asked yourself that, let's evaluate if it is true that you are acting on your faith or if you are, in fact, falling short. So, what does it mean to act on our faith? Let us first look at the beginning part. Of course, you need to have faith in God, but it is not actually faith until you speak on it with your words. When you talk, are you talking with the faith that God is going to carry out your words in mind? Are you being mindful of the confessions and of the prayers you are doing? As the word says that our words have great power that steers the body and steers the mind. Out of our mouth flows the abundance of the heart. If the confessions and the words you are saying do not reflect what the Lord has promised you, then that means that you do not have the faith that God will carry it out. So you need to be mindful of your words. To talk more about that, let's look at James chapter 3. This is starting with verse 3 in NIV translation. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what the great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursings. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can salt produce fresh water. So how does this relate when it comes to the confessions of our heart and the confessions that we make in regards to our plan? Is what we're talking about in our day-to-day -day reflecting God's plan? Are we too focused in conversations on the negativity of what is around us, or are we talking about the plans of God? Are we confessing in our prayers and asking for guidance on these new things? Are we thanking God for His plan, or are we too focused praying for the negatives, praying for the bad things? Just asking God constantly over and over again for guidance without actually acting upon that guidance. We need to be fresh and new with everything. When we confess something with our mouth 
It reflects our heart, our faith, our desires. If our confession does not match that with faith, then we have no faith in that God will carry out his plan. So we must watch the confessions of our heart and our mouths whenever it comes to God's plan in our lives, or else it will not come to pass. In the same way, we need to focus also on what we are doing. Because if uh, we do not truly have faith in God's plan, not just by speaking, but also by doing the deeds and carrying them out. And with this, we will turn once again to James, but this time in chapter 2. This is James chapter 2, starting with verse 14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Even if you are proclaiming things with your mouth in regards to God's plans, if you are not acting on that faith and producing, you are not actually acting on faith. You need to produce. It is one thing to confess what is going to happen with God. It is another to carry it out. It is not Faith itself is dead without the actions involved. If you believe God is going to do great things in your life, if you confess, yes, God has given me these great plans, I am going to be, let's say, a creator. I'm going to have my own business. I'm going to make a great impact in my community. That's great. But if you do not start acting upon that confession, if you do not start acting upon those instructions after you have spoken it into existence, you do not have faith. Because faith requires corresponding actions to act upon. The only reason you would not act upon the instructions given is if you do not believe it will come to pass. You are too focused on the things around you and you don't truly see it happening in your life. That is why you do not act. So you need to change your mindset into one of faith. Let us continue to the next verse. This is verse 18. But someone will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not... Our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way, 
Was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Now I want to bring up a very important point there, where he says, You have faith, I have deeds. You need to understand that you cannot have one without the other. If both are not present, then you are going to fall short and not accomplish what God has for us. Notice that he says he will show you his faith by his deeds. It is the actions you do that proves and solidifies the faith you have in God. Actions, not just words. Words can only go so far. If you do not truly believe, you will not act on the promise God has given you. So we need to make sure to act on the instructions. Amen? Okay, that was just the first part. Now we're going to start with part two of this broadcast. I hope you guys are getting this message because it is very important. I know even I have had to evaluate a lot of things in my life and the path I am taking when it comes to the message God has given me to share with all of you. So, let us now talk about walking that faith through our deeds and our actions. Because as I've said, it is hard to be consistent when it comes to following God's ways of doing things if you are not careful. You need to have that relationship with God open and constant because it is so easy to fall into your own ways of doing things in your own preconceived notions. But something to keep in mind is that this can go one of two different ways. When you begin to rely on your own understanding, it could go either into the world, uh, realm of the worldly and the world's ways of doing things, or it can go into the realm where you think you're acting upon God's will, but you are, in fact, being far too religious and spiritual about it. Now, let's look at these two things. The first of these is when you rely too much on your preconceived ideas and notions about how to operate in these certain areas of business, entertainment, and script. You look at how the world does it, and you see that this is the way it should be done, and it's always been done. Instead of relying on God to give you new inspiration, new understanding, and show you a new way to do things that'll make it easier, or more efficient, or both, or create a new dynamic that changes the way it's done for the better. If we rely too much on how the rest of the world does things, we will be too bogged down in the details and it'll become just like the rest of the world. In which case, you are now fighting for that spot just like the rest of them instead of stepping into what God has for you and set aside perfectly for you. Now, of course, we have already talked about this in regards to Saul when we were talking about the seeds. Saul when he came to his calling as king over Israel, began to use his own understandings and ideas and justify them through spirituality and whatever he could in order to justify his actions that went in contrary to God's plan on his life 
And because of that, he lost his spot as king, and it was given to David. But let's look at another example. This time, we're going to look at the story of Jonah. I'm sure many, if not all of you, are aware of the story of Jonah, about how he was told to minister to Nineveh and tell them to repent of their wicked ways. But instead, he fled in the opposite direction out of fear and was swallowed up by a fish and sent back by God. But after he had ministered, it is not as known about how he felt angry about the whole thing, how he felt and still wanted God to punish the Ninevites despite confessing of their sins and changing their ways. And in fact, he wanted this to happen despite even knowing how compassionate God can be. He sat on top of a cliffside overlooking the city, waiting for God to do something about it. God even gave him a plant to provide shade for that day to help ease his discomfort. But the next day, God also sent a worm to eat up the plant so that it would eat wither, and then he would be roasted in the sun. And Jonah was even so dramatic to just say, it would be better for me to die as to live. See, Jonah was supposed to come forth and minister to the people of God because God had compassion for them. Despite them turning wicked and being evil and doing many things, God did not want such a large city to suffer the wrath that he would bring upon them because he cannot tolerate sin. So he sent Jonah to the city to minister to these people so that they would change their ways because God had compassion and wanted mercy. But Jonah, knowing full well their wickedness and their terrible deeds, did not want to partake in this plan God had given him, despite knowing how God operates. And if you're looking at this from Jonah's perspective, he is justified in not wanting to go to this city. I mean, these are wicked and terrible people. That's why they incurred the wrath of God. But God didn't want that to happen to them. You see, God is compassionate and doesn't want these wicked people to sin, he wants them to repent and change their ways. But it is so easy for Jonah, in his position of stature as a prophet and a messenger of God, to go, oh, look at these wicked people. They deserve God's wrath. They deserve the punishment and the suffering that God shall bring upon them with his wrath, despite knowing full well that God wanted compassion in them to be saved. And because of that, he sat outside and suffered. And this is the last we hear of Jonah's ministry. This one story about him being bitter and angry in the end after carrying out God's will. You see, despite doing the ministry God had told him, he had his own ideas of what should happen. He wanted the people to suffer, and his mind polluted and corrupted his heart. That is why he sat outside angry and bitter, and this is the last we hear of his ministry. So we must not let our own ideas of how things should happen pollute our mind and pollute our ways of doing things. When God has called us to do something, whether it be ministry, whether it be 
uh, within the business sect, whether it even be just something in our day-to-day lives, passing by people on our way to work, we need to carry it out without a preconceived notion. Instead, going, God, if this is your will, I will do it. That is how we accomplish the plan God has given us in our lives. And in contrast to Jonah, let us look at two people very quickly who were proactive, who were quick to act upon their faith with deeds and pursue what God had for them. Look at Isaiah, who when God asked, whom should I send? Who will go for us? He said, here I am, Lord, send me. He was ready and waiting, ready to go out and do what God had for him to do. Look at Elisha, the prophet, who when Elijah came with his mantle and put it over him in a way to show that he was the successor to Elijah's mantle, Elisha made sure he couldn't go back to his old life by killing his ox, burning his fields, and then leaving to follow after Elijah. Elisha knew what it meant to follow after Elijah's footsteps and anointing, and he grabbed hold of it immediately and made sure he could not go back to his old ways. We need to burn away our old notions of how to do things and make sure we move forward in God's plan for our lives. We need to make sure that when we carry out God's plan, we Get rid of our ideas, whether it be too worldly or too religious, our own preconceived notions, and instead rely wholly on God. Amen? So, it is time to evaluate how we are carrying out God's plan for us. Are we confessing with our mouth positively in line with what God has promised us? Are we acting in faith and performing deeds that line up and prepare for the plan that God has given us? Or are we instead only confessing, oh, this will come to pass, without actually doing anything? And if we are performing deeds in faith, are they actually God's plan? Or are they our own preconceived ideas and notions of what should happen based on either the world's ways of doing things or our own perspectives of our self-taught religiosity and spirituality. We need to cut away all of the extra access chaff and weeds that pollute our mind and our heart, and we need to focus on God and carry out His will. Okay? I am running out of time. Let us be sure to make these corrections together so that we can take hold of what God has planned for our lives, okay? Now, if you enjoyed this message and would like to listen to it again or listen to other past messages for the prophetic voice of our time, don't forget that this radio broadcast is also on podcast. You can listen to us at SOGMI.org or on Spotify, Google, and Apple Play. And also, if you would like to join us in our Sunday services, we are located at 8419 Callahan Road. We have our Sunday services starting at 1030 a.m. and 7 p.m., as well as Wednesday services at 7 p.m.
And if you cannot be there in person to fellowship with us, you can also join us on our live stream as we stream on YouTube at SOGMI, as well as on our website at SOGMI. Lastly, I would like to remind you that this radio broadcast is made possible by listeners like you. It would not be possible for us to keep message on the air if it was not for your generous donations. If you would like to sow a seed in this ministry, you can do so at SOGMI.org. This is James Sasso signing off for the prophetic voice of our time with Sons of God Ministries International and Freedom Fellowship Church. God bless you for tuning in, and until next time. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I.org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this broadcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023.